The Black and Abdallah podcast is brought to you by Fry the Coop. Fry the Coop has five great chicken sandwiches, Nashville hot chicken, spicy honey butter chicken, chicken and cheese, Chicago hot chicken, and a donut fried chicken sandwich. It's Fry the Coop. And now, the Black and Abdallah podcast. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. And now, the new home of the Chicago Bears. We are live from the State Street Old National Bank Studio, WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago. Welcome to Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. It's a Friday night. Friday night calls, all calls welcome with Black and Abdallah. It's our favorite night of the week. You can join us at 312-332-3776. Beautiful night here in the city, Abdallah. A little rainy, but I think uh, I think we're going to have a good night and hopefully a lot of phone calls mm-hmm. uh, before 8 o'clock here on ESPN 1000. Like we said, uh, all calls welcome. Friday night calls. You can call on anything. Uh, we're going to talk some Bears football. We'll get to that in just a moment. But really, we, we've covered quite a few different topics throughout the week. We talked about Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've covered uh, all kinds of different things, possible uh robots and ai taking over uh that that's something we covered earlier this week on mm-hmm. black and abdallah so we have a lot to get to Cuffing here on the season show. with eddie jackson yes that's right so there there's a lot to kind of discuss and if you want to join in and ask us about it or or give your opinion on it you can call us at 312-332-3776 i do want to start off by talking bears football with you as we head into the weekend week six in the nfl bears host the vikings on sunday noon kick on the lakefront Today, the Bears place Khalil Herbert on injured reserve, kind of something we expected all week long, but now it's official. Uh, They also place EQ St. Brown on injured reserve. Uh, That also would leave, because of Roshan Johnson and his concussion uh, situation this week, and the fact that he has not practiced at all this week and he is listed as out for the game, Deontay Foreman is your running back for this weekend. And, And this is why it's important, I think. A part of the development of Justin Fields, a part of allowing him to be successful, has to be a dedication to the run game. And I feel like in the last two weeks, the Bears have at least tried to run the football and be balanced, which has allowed Justin Fields to kind of explode in these last two games, especially against the Washington game, uh, the Washington team. And, And I think the reason is you don't have to be run first. You just have to commit to running. And that allows Justin Fields to kind of do it. And then also, he can use his legs. He can run a little, get outside of the pocket. The play-action plays are all there. When that's all mixed together, that's when this offense is at its best. And last year, that's when this offense was at its best. Now you're down two running backs, the two guys who have gotten the majority of the carries this season. You're going to have someone who's been inactive for many weeks here, Foreman, now going to be your lead guy. Don't go away from the run game from the start. Like, I don't want to see Justin in the first quarter drop back and throw 17 passes, no runs, right? Like, I get it. You're playing someone who hasn't played in a couple weeks. Still commit to the run game because I think that balance is going to be the key to success for Fields throughout the game. Yeah, I think that uh, they're going to have a tough time maybe running the football just because I know their their offensive line has played a lot better, but you just don't have 
the depth back there. I think with EQ St. Brown out there, not out there too, uh, you're going to have to do a, use Robert Tunyon a lot as a blocker because uh, they've been running a lot of two tight end sets, uh, more so the last two weeks, which has probably led to more protection for Justin Fields, which has led to his production going up the last two weeks as well. But you're right. I mean, you know, Albert Breer, who joins Captain Jay Hood every Tuesday, has said multiple times that if you look back at when Justin Fields was playing well at Ohio State, they were running the football. When he struggled, they weren't able to run the football. Like, those two are direct correlation. You have to take the pressure off of Justin Fields. And I think that, you know, the uh, the Vikings have struggled to run the football. I think the elements are also going to dictate, you know, it's going to be a little wet out there, not a lot of rain, but the wind is going to be a factor. You want to keep the ball um, you know, not on the ground as in, you know, like fumbling, but I mean, on the ground as in running the football because you don't want, you know, any errant throws or anything like that. Because, I'm glad you clarified. Well, I always say you want to keep the football on the ground. I it's thought like, one of your keys was going to be the fumble. Keep the football on the ground. Uh, no, Fumble um, and kick it forward. Yeah, exactly. No, I think that they, uh, you know, you want to run the football a lot more because that takes pressure off of Justin also sets up play action. It sets up a whole a lot of stuff that the offense can do to be successful, which has helped Justin. We've seen that the last two weeks. So we have a lot to get to. Uh, all calls welcome. Friday night calls. It's our favorite night of the week. And let's kick it off with Steve in Barrington. Steve, you're on ESPN 1000. All calls welcome. What's up, Steve? Hey there. Um, yeah, I was just calling about, um, you know, we're talking about Devontae Foreman um, and his carries. I think that he should get a ton of carries. But I also feel like this is setting up um, something for Fields, essentially to have another, you know, excuse of why he's not performing the way that he should be performing. There's a lot of quarterbacks, young quarterbacks in the league that also have injuries, um, such as, you know, uh, Love in Green Bay. Aaron Jones has been out for a long time. Yeah, absolutely, Steve. I think that, you know, with Foreman, you know, he, call, Steve. he comes in, they make that signing, then they, they draft uh, Roshan Johnson. And I feel like, you know, Johnson... Early in the season, it felt like he was going to be maybe the feature back and how, you know, like he was maybe, uh, you know, supplant uh, uh, Herbert there as that. He's been really, really good. He runs tough. But uh, now with him out, I like what Herbert's been able to do. He can catch. He can, you know, he's a very aggressive runner. And Foreman's kind of been the odd man out recently. You know, early in the season, we saw that they were kind of not really going running back by committee, but going running back by series, where like each running back would get like a full series almost. And you're like, why aren't you mixing these guys in? You're just using, here, it's Justin Foreman's turn. Or it's, it's Deontay Foreman's turn. And now it is Roshan Johnson's turn. And now it's Khalil Herbert's turn. And that's what they were doing. They weren't kind of like mixing them up. So I thought that they would uh, mix it up a little bit more, but now it's Foreman's opportunity. Yeah, I, I think the, the way I kind of look at it is I'm not building up the lack of running back depth as an excuse for Justin Fields if it doesn't go well this weekend. I'm just saying going into the game, keep a blasting game in there. Keep a fullback in there. Run the football. Mm-hmm. Go with two tight ends. Commit to still <laughs> doing what you were doing the last two weeks and using those formations where Justin is in, in the play action getting outside the pocket, using his legs. And yeah, he should run the football a few times. Six, seven design runs are more than enough by me, but I think that's more than enough to keep the defense honest in some of these situations. So I'm not looking at it as, you know, your top two running backs are not there. Therefore, there's a built-in excuse for a young quarterback. Now I'm with you, Steve. He's got to perform. Justin Fields has to play as well as he did the last couple weeks 
barring that that fourth quarter against Denver. Outside of that, I think he should be able to keep this moving forward, and, and that's what we're looking forward to. Case, uh, JC, on the south side, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, JC? All calls welcome. Yes, sir. Um, I'm coming to talk football, particularly now since the 49ers blew out the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of media attention. Uh, Stephen A., Michael Irving, Dion all seem to be thumbs down on the Cowboys advocating a coaching change and a benching or trade of Dak Prescott. I wanted to know, know what you guys thought about it, and then I have a observation that really I don't feel too many people are speaking about. In Mike McCarthy's case, I'm in his corner because he's been walking on eggshells since he's been with the Cowboys, and particularly about what people are not mentioning, Jimmy uh, Jerry Jones wanting to coach the team from the press, uh, from the from the upstairs uh, balcony, uh, and calling the plays. Now, how can the coach do that? Sure. Jimmy Johnson left the team because he refused to let him coach the team. Yeah, to answer your first question, Dak has not played well this season. Just over a thousand yards through the five games. Uh, he also has five touchdowns, four interceptions. Like, who would have thought to this point in the season that Justin Fields would have better numbers than Dak Prescott? Yeah, it's crazy. I, I don't. I wouldn't have guessed that. No. And and Dak has struggled. He struggled at times last season too. I don't know. I'm not out on Dak yet. I think Dak could still be good. No, I'm I think with I'm, you on I'm, McCarthy. I'm out though. on McCarthy. I was out on McCarthy before he even got there with the Cowboys. Yeah. He, he was bad with the Packers. I don't understand how he got that gig. What was your other uh, thought, JC? Well, my thought is this. It has been in the past. Jerry Jones hires coaches that he can influence, that he can really have his way on, and that and he can coach the team from the press box. Uh, I, I wonder, you know, they say get a new coach what coach will really have the flexibility? And Jimmy, when he was there, he uh, he has to be also to be the uh, the general manager so that he could get the players in that he needed for his system. Uh, what coach would fit in? And there has been discussions that they would love to have Justin Fields in uh, in Dallas. Really? Yes. Wow. Justin Fields can put the ball on the receiver. The receiver doesn't have to look to the left. You don't have that many quarterbacks, really, that put the ball on the receiver. They'll lead them left, and the receiver has to jump or, you know, uh, make adjustments. But you have some quarterbacks that can put the ball on the receiver, if, you know, put the ball on the outside shoulder where the defender, put the ball low where the defender can't get it. Uh, if, he, if he's a tall receiver, throw it up high. You have some quarterbacks that have that talent. And I think Justin, he throws a good ball. He just he just is not in the right position with a good running back, a good uh, a good offensive line, and and he needs another good receiver to balance him on the other side, and a tight end that's consistent. Well, JC, the uh, the head coach that I would say is probably going to be rumored for uh, the next Cowboys coach will be uh, Lincoln Riley. Mm-hmm. Keep your eyes on Lincoln Riley from USC. Okay. All right. Thanks for the call, JC. Appreciate you. No. Thank you. There is JC on the south side. Lincoln Riley. See, that's, I can see uh, that. Uh, in in following USC football like I do, that's uh, that seems to be the rumored destination. The if uh, if things go well this season, that it could be a launching pad to an NFL gig. 
Caleb goes to the NFL. Lincoln takes the Cowboys gig. I don't even and, think uh, things SC need to, is stuck again looking for a coach. I don't even think it needs to go well. I think if even if they lose a couple games. Well, if they lose four games, well, don't make the Pac-12 championship game, don't yeah. make the playoff. I don't, I don't think he's going to be different. in line for a an NFL gig. Four games is different, but well, I it, could see listen, I, two games. It's a team I watch. I'm not feeling very confident for tomorrow night in South mm. Bend. Rain, 50 degrees. They've been psyched out about this for a couple weeks now. Mm-hmm. They look sluggish against Arizona in the first half at home last weekend. Mm-hmm. Their defense sucks. I'm just saying, if if they lose a few games against some of these good teams, yeah. Washington, Oregon, Utah, Notre Dame, I, I wouldn't be shocked by it. No, I wouldn't I be would either. I would be surprised if they go 4-0 in those games and make the playoff. That, I think, that would be surprising. If, I think if they only end up losing two games, Caleb Williams leaves for the NFL, that Lincoln Riley might uh, be tempted by the NFL. Lucio, North Side, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Lucio? Hey, guys. How's your day going? Good. Good. How's, how's yours? yours? Uh, good. Thanks for asking. No, I just want to say that uh, I think uh, someone who needs to step up for the offense this game is Tyler Scott. and. Okay. Also, to Robert Tunyon, and so hopefully our defense plays keeps going to that level like we played in Washington. We get them keep going with that motivation from our vets like Yannick. I don't know if you guys saw him with his Mike up video for the Bears, and so like hopefully we keep going with this with this win, and hopefully we keep making a winning streak. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Lucio. Good call. Call again, okay, man. Yeah, thank you. All right, there you go, Lucio on the I north would, side. Look, I've I've been saying it for weeks. I'd like to see more out of Tyler Scott. Like he's supposed to be super fast. He was one of the quote steals of the draft. Him and Roshan Johnson. Just have the kid run deep. Have the have the kid run down the sideline deep and see if Fields can if he can outrun his guy and get over the top and have Fields throw it to him. Like I want to see that kind of move from the Bears. I want to see Tyler Scott be unleashed on offense. And maybe you see that this weekend. I know you're going to see Valus Jones active because Equiminius St. Brown is not uh, going to play this weekend. So Velas is going to be active. Tyler Scott's going to be active. Like I want to see more from Tyler Scott. I thought he he played really well at Cincinnati. He was he's super fast. He's played in three games this season. Uh, he had two receptions against Green Bay, two targets. The Kansas City game, he had three targets, one reception, six yards. He had no targets, no receptions against Denver. He did have two carries for 19 yards. That's it. I thought there would be more. At this I thought there would be more too. Yeah, for, for yeah. The, the hype in preseason and yeah. in the off season. Yeah, and you mentioned the draft reaction to when the Bears landed him. I thought that this was going to be like. I agree with what you said. A mm-hmm. steal of the draft. A guy who is a difference maker. Well, now here's the opportunity, right? Absolutely. You can say Brown's not going to be out there. You're the third wide receiver. It's more Mooney, and it's going to be Tyler Scott. Absolutely. It's Black and Abdallah. It's a Friday night. All calls welcome at 312-332-3776. More of your calls now. Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Black, 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 Black and Abdallah on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. If you miss something, get the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. Earlier this week, 
Did you see the report from Jeremy Fowler of ESPN that he's hearing that people within the building up at Hallis Hall think that Justin Fields has turned a corner? Oh, yeah. That that Mm -hmm. this not only is this the best that he's played, but like now he is seeing stuff he wasn't seeing before. Mm -hmm. And that now this is like he's been unlocked. He's like ready to kind of take off. Do you do you believe that report? Yes, I do. Um, Because I think that, you know, when you talk to players and former players and we talked to Eddie Jackson on Monday and I just flat out asked him, like, you've seen Justin You've seen Trubisky. You've seen a ton of other quarterbacks that you faced. Like, is there a moment where you just go, oh, man, he's got it? Like, and that can happen. It can't, it doesn't necessarily need to be like, oh, from one game he's awful to the next game he's great. Like, it can be progress. And if you think about it, Justin had a very good game for the first three quarters of the Denver game, then had a very bad fourth quarter, cost him the game, right? And then had a very good game in what was a, is a very good defensive front from the Washington Commanders. So if you start putting this together, like if I know that they're not good defenses, like the Broncos are the worst defense in the NFL, and the Commanders aren't great, but they have pretty decent players up front, you know? And he didn't turn the ball over at all. And I think that now facing a Vikings defense and then you're going to face better, like the Saints defense is really good. You're going to face them in a couple of weeks. You know, towards the end of the season, you're going to face the, the uh, Browns defense. They're one of the best defenses in the NFL. I think we're going to find out. But I do think he's taking the steps in the right direction. And I also don't think that someone right now would say we're out on Justin. Like that they would say, no, he's not. You know, I just don't think that if, if Fowler's getting this from someone in the building, I don't think anyone in the building, it's too early to say he's, he's done. It's too early for these coaches to be like, nah, he's not getting it. We're done. You know? Yeah. Like, I, I think also, and I think some of this conversation could be used back at us as to why Justin's not the guy, but, you know, it's not a surprise to me that Justin Fields has looked his best in a game that the offensive line completely dominated from the start. Yeah. You know, he had time. He could step up in the pocket. Well, he was able to make the reads. He was able to to uh, decide where he wanted to go with the football. Like, it's not a surprise to me that the game where your offensive line and your number one wide receiver excel yeah. and they look great. Mm-hmm. Mooney was incredible. He was the player of the week offensively in the NFC. And then, you know, the offensive line was able to run block and pass uh, protect. It's not a surprise to me. Justin Fields immediately looks leaps and bounds better than what he was before. And I think that's kind of where you, you put it all together. And it's you could say that, yes, the prospect, the quarterback is not as good because he's not making up for the other spots. But the fact that he's able to excel when the other spots are taken care of, mm-hmm. I think is a is a real benefit. And it suggests that maybe the player wasn't the problem no i don't think maybe maybe the struggles were the fact that the offensive line wasn't doing its part maybe in the past that he didn't have a number one wide you know what i mean like it's just not a surprise to me that the offensive line my takeaway at halftime of the washington game was damn i haven't seen a bears offensive line play like that in quite some time well look every all things can be true like the the reason that they lost the first three games was because everyone was bad 
It wasn't a Justin thing. It wasn't an Eberflus thing. It wasn't a Getze or whoever was calling plays for the defense or DJ Moore or the, the other the players on defense that were healthy. It was everyone. Everyone. Quarterback, coach, every player on that team wasn't playing good enough. And then you started to put together, because we said it, you know, going into the Broncos game, this is one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Like, they just got lit up for 70. If you can't put it together in, against this team, it's a problem, right? And then what did we say last week going into the, uh, into the Commanders game? If you can't get home against Sam Howell and, yeah. and pressure him and get to the quarterback and force some sacks and maybe force a couple turnovers, whatever it is, then it's a problem, right? And they did both of those things. They put up points against the Broncos. Ultimately, they lost that game. They got to Sam Howell. The defense actually played really well against the Commanders. They limited them to 20 points, right? So I think that now for this game against the Vikings, all those things kind of have to come together. This is a team that is reeling. This is a team that is missing their best wide receiver. This is a team that hasn't had a rushing touchdown yet in, in this season. They're one of two teams in the NFL to not have a rushing touchdown. Like, this is a, you're at home. Like, this is a time for you to take advantage of a team, and you need to look like the better 1-4 team than they do. Because both these teams are 1-4, right? Like, both these teams aren't good right now. Yeah, the Bears won a game. Cool. Win more. Like, there's still, the jury is still absolutely out on what Justin Fields and this team is. And there's still 12 games to figure it out. But you have to have this incremental progress. And that starts on Sunday against a division team. Against And remember, last year, they almost beat the Vikings. Yep. They were winning in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. They were winning that game in the fourth quarter. And they ended up losing it, obviously. This is when we start saying that those losses need to now turn into wins. And for the Vikings... Those wins last year have been turning into losses. So let's hope that continues against the Vikings on Sunday. Fields detractors would point to Fields being good against the 32nd ranked team in defensive yards per play, mm-hmm. Denver, and then Washington's 29th. So Washington and Denver, two of the worst defenses in all of the National Football League. This weekend, Fields will be going against a defense that's ranked 12th. Okay. And so is the 12th best team when it comes to defensive yards per play. So not top 10, but pretty close. Decent. So, so if Fields goes out and plays like he did in the last two weeks against a pretty decent defense, yeah. then I think we can have legitimate progress. I think before you go to the phone calls, yeah. all calls Friday here mm-hmm. on Black and Abdal, 312-332-3776. Can I put out a uh, all-points bulletin, an APB? Can sure. I do that? Why not? Where's Mo in Frankfurt been? He hasn't called the show. I haven't had show notes in like a month. He hasn't called. I, I want to know where Mo is. Maybe he's out on Black and Abdallah. Where's Mo? I think Mo. you guys just drove him off, actually. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's unhappy with the he's, product. He's probably, yeah. Mo. Unhappy with the product. He can get in line. Where are you at, man? There's a long line of people who are unhappy with this product. Well, I that's, agree. I mean, that's obvious. I mean, a few of them are probably on the line right now, but I just want to, sometimes, you know, we hear from callers for a very long time. Yeah. And then they just fall off a cliff and you're like, where did they go? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I hope Mo's okay. Uh, if you've listened to the Black and Abdallah show, Mo would call the show and give us notes yeah. on our show. He would tell us how we're doing. We've been back at nights yeah. uh, since the White Sox season ended for a couple weeks now. I would, like, I would like some notes. I hope Jane out there is uh, still listening. Well, I hope Jane in Portland, Indiana is still there. Hope she's still listening too. Yeah, so if she's listening. So do I. Call us up. We've been looking for Jane for a, for a minute. Yeah, Jane. Uh, so, but Mo, where's Mo? Where's we Mo, heard been, from Mo? Man, all right, three one two three three two three seven seven six. Black and Abdal, ESPN one thousand. Oh, Bill yeah. in Park Ridge. You're on ESPN one thousand. Hello, Bill. 
Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. How are you? We're good. We're good. What's up? What's up? Hey, so um, I've, I've made a couple calls to a couple other shows. How dare you, first of all? <laughs> no, AM 1000. Hold okay, on. that's fine. Just AM 1000. As and long as it's not experience. the other place. <laughs> hey, you know. Go ahead. Go ahead. Listen, go ahead, there's, go ahead, there's, go. A, there's a conspiracy going on right now. No one is willing to talk about Eddie Jackson. What do you and mean? We talked to him to We talked to him for an hour twice once a He's week. On the show. What are you talking about? You can have him on the show. That's fine. Okay. What I'm trying to talk about is like we're let's talk stats. So we're talking about all these players who are, you know, here and there and not doing this and not doing that and they were this once and not the blah blah blah. His first three years, I if I'm not mistaken, I think he had like nine interceptions. Mm-hmm. In the last like four years, I think he's had four. Okay. And I think two weeks ago, I can't remember what show it was, somebody was like all over him. I mean, they had him like up on his on their shoulders. I don't know what was going on. They were talking about him coaching and like all this other crazy stuff. What has he done in the last four years where everybody is like, drooling over Eddie Jackson. I'm trying to figure that out. And I'm not saying he's not a, he's not a good player. He, he's a great player, but he wants to be. But the last four years have been, I mean, he, I mean, he used to hit or miss. I don't even know if that's the, the correct uh, who's, who's drooling over him? Um, it seems like everybody's like, well, Eddie Jackson, you know, he's going to take a little bit of time. He's, he's injured. Mm-hmm. He's, he's doing this. And he, he's going to be okay. He's going to be fine. We've been saying that for the last four years. Okay, I'll I'll tell you I'll tell you why, Bill. And Eddie okay. Eddie said it to us two weeks ago when he joined us. You can go back and check the podcast. I'm using his words. Uh, <laughs> I I flat out asked him. I go when you first came here, you were playing for Vic Fangio. You were playing very well. You had you you mentioned it. He had those six interceptions in one year in 2018, right? Yeah. 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 What happened in 2019? Uh, I think he had like no, no, no coaching, co- coaching staff. Who got here? Well, I mean, everything switched around. But exactly, no, no, no. And Bill, he said it himself. He was he was playing. He wasn't playing the way he wanted to because they were telling him not to. They were keeping him inside the box. They were keeping. They weren't letting him be the the free player that he wanted to be. And then as soon as he as soon as Matt Eberflus got here in 2022, he had four interceptions before he got hurt. And then he got hurt, and now he's only played two games this season because he got okay. hurt again. So, but, but you said in 2019, okay? So 2019, he had one interception, I think. And then, so and as soon as Matt Nagy left, and they brought it, and now he's had five interceptions, four Bill, of which came Bill, last year. Bill, as, yeah, because they got a new coaching staff, and he was playing more like himself because the coaches were telling, they were letting him. Well, the other years he couldn't have just. Happened into one interception. No, you don't freelance <laughs> I mean, against you don't freelance against your coaching staff. That's how you get cut. Well, I'm not talking about freelancing against your coaching staff, but I'm like he's out there as a defender. So if he gets four last year and one in nineteen, the other years, how did he not get like even close to one? Is is Bill listening? Bill, I told you he was playing out of position. The, okay, coach, so the coaching last, staff. For the last five yes. years, they played him out of position. But well, they no, not keep... not last year when Matt Eberflus got here because he had four interceptions and then he got hurt. Okay, so what, what's happening this year now? 
He got hurt. I I understand that. He's only played in two games. What do you want him to do, intercept the ball on the sideline? No, I just want him to not be injured on the sidelines and talking about how everything is going to be okay and not come out and play. I mean, they they say that he's kind of the – one of the people that's the backbone of the defense. And I and I truly believed that up until this year. But I feel like it's just kind of like now he's just kind of there. And we talk about all these players that we're willing to get rid of and blah, blah, blah. But nobody brings up the fact that, you know, there's an elephant in the room where when you're talking about the secondary and you're talking about the defense, where's Eddie? Is he coming back next week? Well, we don't know. He's, he's, yeah, he's got a thing he, he was, on his elbow. He was, he was, he was hurt. Actually his foot. It's actually his foot. His foot. And it's he, hard to run. He was limited I know, in the practice. I know. I'm, being, yeah. I'm being sarcastic. He was limited but, the last three days. He's questionable for Sunday. Yeah, he told us he was going to play on Sunday. He told us he was going to practice. He came back to practice. Told us he was going to play. So he's, we'll see. That's, that's, that's where he's at. He's probably well, that, that's where he is. He's, he's yeah, right it was a short week. He's there. Yeah. He was questionable last week, though, too. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. He didn't practice at all last week. Didn't practice. Didn't practice. He was out. He was out. Oh, I thought they said he was questionable. Nope. He was out. He's Did questionable for Sunday, this yeah. Sunday against the Vikings. Minnesota. All right. Well, I, that's my that's my bad. But I still feel like there's something going on there that yep. is not being addressed. Hopefully it will be. Just addressed it. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a good night. Thanks. See you, Bill. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Black and Abdallah are back on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Kind of sounded like you were defending Eddie Jackson. I was defending Eddie Jackson. Because two years ago, when Eberflus took over, I said that there are three guys. All right, enough. I don't. No, no, no. No, I'm moving on. No, don't move on. Gil's in Naperville. What's up, Gil? Hello, Gil. Hey guys, how's it going? What's up? <laughs> uh, first of all, I just want to tell you, you guys, uh, you guys are great. Thank um, you. I appreciate the energy and the passion and, and that is indelible in you guys' conversation. So, thank as you, a listener, Gil. You know, I appreciate that. Thank you for that. We appreciate you listening. Uh, a couple of things. The first one, uh, I think someone referred as uh, the uh, NFL Offensive Player of the Year to be uh, Mooney. Uh, that's inc- that's incorrect. That was at DJ Moore. But, you know, that's, that's here and there. No, Second, DJ Moore was the NFC Player of the Week offensively. Yeah, that's correct. But, yeah. you know, you say it was Mooney. But, anyway, I, I just wanted to just correct her on that. Oh, Second, uh, that guy was, uh, yeah, my, I almost had a brain aneurysm when he was just talking about the same thing over and over. Why he's not getting interceptions? Because he's playing out of position. And you don't question your coaches. You're right. If he, if he wants to know why, well, check out what happened to uh, Chase Claypool. He's out. So uh, that's that. Uh, lastly, I do yeah. believe that Justin made, made the turn, um, and I'm so happy for him because I, I was pulling um, you know, for him all the way, all the way through. Uh, the problem is uh, that I don't know why Chicago can't do a good job getting someone who's been there before. And here's my analogy on that. Remember when Golden State was just a promising team and they were just wide open in the, in the corner, about to turn the corner, but couldn't, and Mark Jackson was in the house? Well, what did they do? They got someone who's been there, Steve Kerr, and everything changed. We can't do that for the life of me. I have no idea why. This is a great city with, with great people, great fans. Can you guys please help me understand why didn't we get a guy who's been there before? 
that's just that's just my only question. Thank you for your time, guys. Yeah, thanks for the call, Gil. Appreciate you. I, I would say the answer there is those who have done it before are highly sought after, and they're in great situations already. Mm-hmm. I mean, who who's the one that was like he's done it before who finally got a spot somewhere else? It's Sean Payton, and that looks like a train wreck. Yeah. You want you want to put all that on on the bad organizational drafting for the Broncos and their decisions to go after Russell Wilson? I guess I also think that Sean Payton kind of ran his course in New Orleans, and I thought it was hilarious that he thought that that Broncos team was going to be his next spot. Oof. I mean, I thought he was going to sit and wait for the Cowboys gig. Yeah, but he so didn't. did I. And but I think the guy that's going to be out there this year might be Harbaugh, right? Like that's going to be the guy, the guy who's quote done it before. Yeah, like he's I probably so. going to be. The one that is sought after, like, depends on what Michigan does. And I feel like he's going to be the one that if he gets a phone call, he might bolt for the NFL. Don't we feel like those who are successful in the NFL at this moment are, like, going to stay in their spot? McDermott with the Bills, Shanahan with the 49ers, you know, McDaniel with the Dolphins, like the Tomlin with the Steelers. It doesn't feel like there's a lot of guys that you would... Well, here's a question for you. That here's a query available. for you. Who, who's available? If Bill Belichick said, "My, I've run no. my course here. I'm good. And I, I no, want I'm another. I'm good. I want to coach a historic franchise. No, no, no we're A good. charter franchise. We're good. We're good. I respect Bill. I love what he's done. Uh, I could listen to Bill Belichick talk about football mm-hmm. all day long. Like, have you ever seen those NFL films yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, videos where they, like, ask him something about a linebacker from the 80s, and he'll just go on and on and on well, about... Like, what was that thing called? The two, was it the two Bills? Yeah, yeah. Him and Parcells? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it was awesome. I'll listen to him talk football. I don't need him to coach the Bears. I'm sorry. I just feel like it's done. We're done. Well, the it's problem over. is I don't need him evaluating the talent because that's yeah, been the biggest we're, problem. We're good, right? Like I'm I'll sure respected. I don't need him to be here though. If you give him great talent, he's going to out scheme everybody. Best that's coach fine. In NFL history, absolutely. I'll give him the flowers. But I, I just he, he doesn't does, need to be the coach here. He's too big to understand that he needs to just only coach, coach right? Like kind of leave only leave coach. the GMing to the GM. Yeah. And that's been their biggest problem. But I feel like you're right. Like, what, you're going to get Andy Reid? You're going to get McVay? And then what? McVay's going to be like, you know what? I'm going to take TV money. You know, you're right. McVay might be interesting but because McVay's going to leave for TV money. Well, let me, let me paint this picture. McVay goes to TV. You know these coaches. They get the itch. They start itching in the Again. booth. They're in the booth. When well, he's they young, start too. itching, right? Yeah. So McVay is on TV for a year. People are just losing their minds. He's the new Romo. Look, he's the new this guy. Everyone mm-hmm. just, wow, look at this. He's in there. Yeah, he's an NFL coach. Of course he has all this wealth of information. He's going to be great at that. Yeah. Uh, and then what will happen is the Bears go on a nice little win streak here. We almost, we sniff the playoffs. So we miss it. We sniff it. So Eberflus is back. And then there's the itch in the booth with McVeigh. Yeah. And then you get a year of TV, and then McVay wants back in. At this point, the Bears have only gone as far as Eberflus could take them. And then, boom! Yeah. Sean McVay, Bears head coach. Yeah. That I would be into. Yeah. I mean, I, I would. That's a possibility. I wouldn't be opposed to that. How about that? Um, I just laid the groundwork. That's how it happens. You did. You got to get the sniff and the itch. I don't need this. I don't you need. You got sniff the playoffs, and then you got to get the itch in the booth. Do you, what if happens if you get the itch first? Well, well, do you have it, to go to a doctor? Well, then you got to sniff it. No, you got to go to a doctor, I think. <laughs> if you get the itch first and then you sniff, 
You gotta go see seek a physician, I believe. <laughs> no one wants to do that. Usually clears up on its own. No. So- Hey, some, what, what's the problem here? You need today? an ointment. Well, well, I've got an itch and a sniff, and nope. I don't know which here's, came first. Here's an ointment. <laughs> here's an ointment. Where do I put it? Where are the itches? You're listening to Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Listen to us now live on the ESPN Chicago app. Well, it's a Friday night. Friday night calls. All calls welcome. You can join us here, Black and Abdal, until 8 o'clock at 312-332-3776. Abdal, would you like to play a game? You could play a game here on a Friday night. Yeah, I'd like to play a game called Song of the Night. Well, we'll get to the no, Song of the I Night in just to. a moment. I want to do it now. I no. don't want to play this game. You never, It's not fair. The game is rigged. You never pick what I want to pick. Song uh, door one song, or door song, two? Song one. Door one and, or door two? And then Where song like two by go? Blur. Door, door one or door two? Where would you like to go? It doesn't matter. Just open one because you don't listen to me anyway. There it is. Mitchell and Displays. All right, Mitchell, we got to get to the song of the night. What do you have for us? Okay, speaking of the song of the night, folks, here's the bottom line. You got uh, Friday the 13th. We're on the precipice tomorrow of a solar eclipse Ooh. and new moon in Libra. Okay, and uh, just expect transformation and shock and awe. But the bottom line shock is Shock and awe? Yeah, eclipses, actually, this is a good one. The one that's going to be dangerous is going to be at the end of the month, and I'll, that's in Taurus, and that's a, that's a lunar eclipse. That's a lot more dangerous, and I say that with 100% accuracy. But I digress. The bottom line is this. Last time you guys talked about the song of the night that I listened to was about The Clash, 1979, where I think it was London Colin. Um Adam, the bottom line is that, you know, the drummer that made that band so famous, you got to listen to the song Train in Vain and all those songs that he recorded with, with that particular drummer. By 1982, he leaves or gets kicked out. And then when you hear, like, should I stay or should I go? And then rock the Casbah. Uh, Mick Jones of the class started getting into, like, sampling and stuff. And they, they got into a big fight, actually, at the, uh, at the Us Festival in 1983. But if you go back and you listen to London Calling... The reason why that first album with The Clash was such a hit, because it's the tight hits he has with the hi-hat and the snare and, the, and basically the bass drum, okay? He doesn't do many fills. He does a 16th note. He does eighth notes. But what he does is that he accents on the hi-hats. When you listen to Train in Vain, do you know the song I'm talking about, Adam? Uh, I've heard of it. I can't remember okay, how it goes right not. now. Look it up, all right? Okay, look it up. But it's a great song. It's off that album. And it I'll take your word for it. It gives the song such a feel. Plus, they have the harmonica, and it's, it's, just, it's a great tune. It, it really does give the backbeat a lift. Once that drummer left, that was it, okay, for the clash. It changed everything. Yeah. Same with quarterbacks. Quarterbacks right. and drummers are so similar because it's based on the feel. This Johnny Appleseed fairy tale, by the way, Kirk Cousins has consistently thrown for over 300-plus yards every game for how many seasons? It took Justin Fields three years to throw for 335. He looked pretty good last week, right, Mitchell? Oh, yeah, I'm super impressed. By the, it's your point, Team Gemini. He looked pretty good. Defense? No, I was not impressed. You know what I think? Well, here's the point. There's a guy named Peter Allen that Mark and Mr. Waddle interviewed. I guess he's the spokes guy. Paul or he's Allen. Just the Paul Allen. Guy. 
Paul, okay, Paul Allen, I'm sorry. He, he gave a really good synopsis about Justin Fields. And I'll tell you, I've been saying, it, it literally, literally, it echoes everything I've been saying for the last three years. Justin Fields, with, you know, with regards to, like, doing his process, he does not look going through each process with the swivel on a stick. He doesn't. And that's his detriment. Now, here's the thing. This guy, Flores, I'm, I guess the defensive coordinator for uh, Minnesota, Flores, he's going to yeah. be super aggressive. And here's the thing. With, even with the elements that might be obviously it's going to be raining or whatever, we don't know, or, if, you know, whatever. The fact, the fact of the matter is this. Fields does not do well when he's pressured. Second of all, he doesn't go through his progressions. Okay? And, and by the way, here's the biggest problem that I have with Fields. When it comes down to wins, he has won. One and four. Now, the one and four of uh, Minnesota is a very different one and four than Chicago. Oh, yeah? Is it? Is it, a, is it a different? Because I see, I only see I only see one win. I only see one win, Mitchell. I only see one win, Mitchell. I only see one win, and that's the bottom line. Because I said so. Have a good weekend, Mitchell. Bye, Mitchell. Your one-win team looks better than another one-win team. Get out of here with that. <laughs> Mitchell and Desplaine. So, all right, song of the night. I want to rock! Hey, turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for... What dial? There's, there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Exp- ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Bleck and Abdullah's song of the night. Yo, later. Tonight's song. I think Mitchell will actually like this. Tonight's song, we go to Van Halen. Right now, from 1992. That's right. It's your song of the night. With Black and Abdallah on a Friday. All calls welcome. Friday night calls. At 312-332-3776. But yes, Van Halen. Right now, it's your song of the night. With Black and Abdallah. It's a long intro. Yeah. Just let it go. Two nights in a row, too. Well, actually, not last night.
listening to Right Now by Van Hagar. Well, tonight we are celebrating Sammy Hagar. It's his birthday. He was oh. born October 13th, 1947. He's 76 today. Happy birthday, Sammy Hagar. And this song is his favorite song he's written for Van Halen. Okay, right now. yeah, yeah. So we celebrate Sammy Hagar. He said, I was tired of writing cheap sex songs. Eddie and I wanted to get serious and talk about world yeah, issues. Get serious. You know those days when the rockers would get all serious. <laughs> if you remember, Sammy Hagar. If you remember, Sammy Hagar sucks. No, he's cool. Nah, There's he, nothing wrong with him. No, nah, he sucks. Come on, you, you don't want to hang out at Cabo no. Wabo obey, obey the and, speed and with uh, Guy Fieri and, no. and just hang out and drink tequila with no. them? Yeah, obey you, you sound like somebody that drives 55. Yeah. Yeah, what, are you, what kind of loser are you, No, Abdallah? Sammy Hagar sucks. Why, why don't you want to come hang out at ben, Cabo Wabo? Ben Hagar's trash. Uh, this song is so trash, in fact, that it was used in Crystal Pepsi commercials yes. between 1992 and 1993. It was a big deal. If you remember that. And then Crystal Pepsi went away. Yeah, because uh, it's, for the it young, also young people listening to the show, like uh, Sean Graney, who's producing our show. Sean, do you know what Crystal Pepsi is? Never heard of it a day in my life. Abdullah, can you explain Crystal Pepsi? It was clear Pepsi. Clear it was Pepsi? It was clear Pepsi. It was disgusting. Yeah. Did it taste different? I don't remember how it tasted. I don't think so. I don't think it tasted any different. I think they just didn't put the food coloring in it. It, it felt a little sweeter than normal Pepsi. It was maybe that was just gross. my mind playing tricks on me. It was gross. Dude. This song has also been used in multiple political campaigns. Oh, that's cool. Yep. Any of your favorites? Nope. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you such a Debbie Downer? Why don't, don't you want to like, hang out at Cabo Wabo I, I with Guy Fieri? We could go eat some some excellent uh, like burgers with just mac and cheese on them. And I just have go no nuts problem and with Guy Fieri. I just Sammy Hagar. What's I just, wrong with you? I don't like Van Hagar. You wanted to play Could This Be Love, and I vetoed the hell out of that. I've, I've been to uh, Cabo Wabo when Sammy Hagar has just shown up at, at like 1 a.m. It's pretty yeah. cool. It's pretty cool. It's a cool spot. I'm sure it is. And I'm sure when like musicians show up, it's fun. I just, if I have my druthers, I like my Van Halen with uh, David Lee well, Roth. Of course, everyone does. Okay. Jeez. Debbie Downer. All right. Right now, Van Halen, Song of the Night. <laughs> Turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for... What dial? There's, there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Exp- ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdallah's Song of the Night. Yo, later. We'll be back in two minutes. Black and Abdallah, ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports.